0: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Nicole Eggert.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: On location, we're at Melrose Podcast Studios on Sunset. We're having like an LA moment here, right?
1: We certainly are. And I haven't been in this building for years, so you're really bringing me back.
0: <laughs> I mean, everyone. I mean, you're from this. You know, you grew up here, right? Yeah. Yes. Do you have, I mean, like, I know you started acting when you were eight, and, you know, I know that you were in, you know, a beauty pageant. You won Miss Universe for juniors, <laughs> which I never knew was a thing until I started preparing to sit down and chat with you. My first memory of you, and this is how, like, I'm going to date myself, was Who's the Boss as, you know, Miss Samantha Maselli, Alyssa Milano's friend. Yes. Do you have, like, vivid memories of, like, working on Who's the Boss?
1: I do. Um, it really? was my first uh, sitcom you know yeah. the situation comedy setup, so it was like so different than anything else I had done. I actually started acting at four, four and five years old, so um, it was my first, and I knew it. I knew I was going to love it, love it, love it, and I, d- you know, the process. It's just such a different vibe and such a different way of making a show. So. What was it like
0: working with Alyssa Milano back in your teen years?
1: Um, It was great. You know, she was fresh from the East Coast and didn't really have a lot of friends yet. So um, we spent a lot of time together and had sleepovers and would go to, you know, different little Hollywood parties together. And um, yeah, it was great. It honestly was great.
0: She was like one of your teen friends.
1: She was. (laughs) She was.
0: It was such a good show. I mean, then, you know, of course, you did a lot of other work. You were on Charles in Charge, Baywatch. Do you remember your audition for Baywatch at all?
1: I didn't audition for Baywatch. Really? I didn't um, because... So I got Charles in Charge, and that's why I left, who's the boss, obviously. And then um, Baywatch... So Charles in Charge had been on a network and then canceled and went into syndication and hadn't really been done yet. So um, at this... as uh, Charles in charge was ending. Baywatch was canceled from a network and they wanted to bring it back in syndication. So they contacted our executive producer, Al Burton, and Al said, Okay, I'll help you out. I'll show you the ropes. This is how you do it. And then he said, But Nicole, you know, use Nicole and um, we're going to do a spinoff. I want to be executive producers on like a spinoff, kind of a 90210 at the beach kind of vibe. And um, it never really happened because the show took off so much. Um, they, we did like a few episodes, but they didn't launch it as a spinoff or as its own show. And that's eventually why I left the show. But um, so, yeah, they they started in syndication. The show blew up and they were like, no, we don't want to change a thing. <laughs> this is it. So I just carried over from Charles in Charge. So a lot of my hair, makeup, wardrobe, everybody moved over. We just kind of. Shifted over to Baywatch.
0: Right, because like Charles in Charge, right, it was the whole first season. It didn't do well then. I mean, you were recast, essentially, and then it went on to be a hit. And then, right, Baywatch, that first season on NBC was a total flop. Uh-huh. David Hasselhoff said, I believe in this. Let's bring— So when you were brought over, really, I never even knew that. It was just to like be there for a minute and then eventually spin it off? Yes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, which, you know, they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to touch it. They had a hit on their hands, and I was like, well, I'm out of here. <laughs>
0: It became a whole thing, right? It did, yeah. Wow. Well, you started, like, with David Charvet and, like, Pamela Anderson. Is this such a stereotypical question of me right off the bat? I mean, what—you know, because I just think, you know, there's you and Pam, two blondes, like, both young, gorgeous, trying to make your way in Hollywood. Like, was there competition on the set between you guys?
1: Um, Not really, because— I knew her prior, because she guest-starred on Charles in Charge, and she was also do- dating Scott Bayo. so she was on set quite a bit, and then she was dating David Charvet, and I grew up with David, so I've kn- I knew David forever and ever and ever, so it was sort of this this um, comfortability, you know, we all knew each other already, and I saw, I saw that she was cast. She was supposed to be, you know, like a head lifeguard. I was supposed to be this rookie kid that had never even seen the ocean before. So I went and I cut my hair off and tried to go for like a more athletic, younger kind of, you know, vibe. I, the producers were so <laughs> angry; they were so angry with me. But it was a decision I made. You know, I was like, I'm not gonna compete. That's just not gonna be, you know, where it's at for me
0: right yeah what were your first impressions of David Hasselhoff
1: um well I also had kind of grown up around David because I worked um, on Universal the lot of Universal on Charles in Charge and he was always shooting Knight Rider so I would see him all the time um, on the lot so I already knew he was like so full of energy and like larger than life and he's just a big energy he's a big energy to be around
0: you just grew up around all of these people. I really. <laughs> I
1: did. Yeah.
0: Do you, I mean, did you know, like, obviously, look, Baywatch went on, like you said, to mega success for, like, did you, could you tell? Because, right, that first season when you came in, that it, it wasn't a hit at that time. It, no. You were supposed to do something else. Like, could you tell, like, when did you tell, like, when did life kind of change? Like, when did you realize this is going to be a huge thing?
1: Well, when... You know, when magazines started putting us on the cover and saying, "Okay, it's the number one show in the world, we were like, wait, what? You know, what's going on? And then we would go to Europe for appearances and things like that. And, you know, it was so well received and people were so excited over there, you know, which is so different than here. People don't care here. (laughs) So not in L.A. No, not in L.A. Not in L.A. and New York. People don't really care that much. So um, that's kind of when we were like, wow, this is a big deal
0: do you remember like your first like do you have one memory of like and maybe it was before that it was probably like from charles in charge or maybe who's of us like of fame like when you know what i mean because you were doing the work right like you were and working you know young actress but when did you realize like wow like people know me
1: i think it had to be charles in charge because i you know and it's like those awkward years it was like my high school years so you're already insecure and you're already like you know, kind of weird, and I would feel people staring, and although, you know, in LA, some people say something, some people don't, but you know they're looking at you, and that's when I sort of, like, was like, oh gosh, tunnel, you know, I just had to, like, create tunnel vision because I was so insecure, and so people looking at me was, like, devastating, (laughs) devastating for poor young Nicole, I'll tell you what, so, um, you know, it was just weird, and it was like, now I have to watch everything I'm doing, and, like, you know, I wasn't used to that, so it was are
0: people shocked to hear that you were insecure I
1: think so I think they are and um, you know I kind of look at it strangely too I'm like it's so weird that you're insecure but then you can go and do this but I think it's because you're playing somebody else you're, you're speaking words that are written for you they're not your own words you're not being yourself so it's different um, but I was just horribly horribly shy and insecure just couldn't talk to anybody it was just like oh,
0: a mess oh. yeah Was there something that you take away that you learned on Baywatch, either from David Hasselhoff or Pamela Anderson? Like, Did they work with either of them? You
1: you know, I think that – I think what I took away from it is they, like, really went for it. They embraced what the show was and what was popular about it, and they really, like, rolled with that. Whereas I was so uncomfortable and said, okay, I have to get out of here thinking that leaving was going to – be the right move and um, so I, I really learned that like you know when you have an opportunity you really should make the most of it and you should take advantage of it
0: what was your impetus for leaving just you know I mean it was panned by critics but it was a huge success
1: right well for me I'd never had planned to be in a bathing suit all the time I didn't work out Um, I was super flat chested and there was those one piece bathing suits. So it's like, you know, you can't even stuff it or pretend. And um, I wanted to be doing something else. And then a lot of like casting directors were like, no. And you're constantly reading, you know, Baywatch Bimbo, Baywatch Bimbo. And then it was Baywatch Babes. and Now it's Baywatch Icons. But it's taken a long time to get there. And that just really freaked me out because that wasn't my career. That wasn't what. You know, that wasn't my shtick is to be, you know, the sex symbol thing. It just really kind of wasn't it. And um, I was just really uncomfortable with the whole thing. So I thought leaving was the right move.
0: Did you have – so then were were you typecast after, like, when you were trying to get parts? And yeah. did you regret leaving just because then it went on to such a huge epic run?
1: Well, um, I didn't regret leaving because also I had worked for so long, right? I had really been working my whole life. All through high school, and then this is my early twenties. So I really kind of just took advantage of the downtime and just go out and hang out with my friends, sleep in, no responsibility, um, that sort of thing. I really kind of needed to do that in my life. So you know, everything always works out for a reason.
0: I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate. or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I just moved into a new apartment in New York City, and every time I move, I love, it's so cathartic, I clean out my closets and get rid of so much stuff that's out of style. But all the stuff I got from Quince, those were all keepers. The reason is because Quince creates timeless, elegant fashions that last for way more than one season. This stuff never goes out of style. I just got the coolest 100% leather black biker motorcycle jacket from Quince. 100% leather for $199. That's crazy. All of Quince's items are 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they cut out the middleman and they pass the savings right on to us. They have Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $59, so much other stuff. So upgrade your closet with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Velvet for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's com slash Velvet Rope to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Velvet Rope. Has anything ever held you guys back in your fitness journey? What's always held me back is I felt like I was just working out and I was in this on my own and it was very unmotivating and no one was checking on me. And then I always quit. That is until I discovered Peloton. Peloton supports and guides members from day one. Whether you're a beginner or you're an advanced rider, Peloton is there for you. They'll show you the basics. And what I love is they help you take the guesswork out of your workout and they encourage you to build from there. It's a true partnership. Also, if you have a short attention span like me, I love Peloton because you can watch your favorite TV shows, Hello Real Housewives, and they have great live DJ rides and artist-themed ones. Wherever you're starting, get moving with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. That's www.onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. And yes, terms do apply. I think so. I'm not really one of those people that regrets anything in life. I feel like it was an authentic decision at the time, and maybe it wasn't the best decision in retrospect, but I stand by it. Like, I'm kind of that person. Me
1: too. And it it just is. And you can't change it, so what's the point in sitting and, you know, mulling over it? So, um, yeah, you're you're where you're supposed to be.
0: Do you have one highlight that sticks out from being on Baywatch, like just a good memory?
1: Well— i made a lot of friends and I had a lot of childhood friends on set. And I think being at the beach, because I'm also a beach girl. um, I grew up half between L.A. and half Huntington Beach, Orange County. So it's sort of like my happy place anyways. So I think that just, you know, going to work at the beach, even though it was the winter and it was freezing. It's still we still have beautiful winters here in California. So you can't complain. So that was sort of, you know, that was the best thing.
0: What about the opposite? Like, do you have a memory of just something you didn't want to do where producers are like, okay, Nicole, get over it?
1: Yeah. Every time they were going to do a close-up of my butt, <laughs> you know? I was like – I was considered really curvy back then. Um, not by today's standards, but back then it was like I was really curvy. So I was so insecure of my bum <laughs> so anytime that camera was down there i was like oh no you know i shouldn't have ate that i should have done this i should have worked out so um i think that was like that yeah that was hard
0: that's a lot of pressure it
1: is it is especially when pam is right there and it's like shoot her butt you don't need to shoot my butt You're but like, they're shooting everybody's butt go
0: over to pam anderson <laughs> yeah, please cut
1: over there yeah
0: did you so talk to me about afterwards like you know you said you you felt typecasted? Like, what was that? Like, like, were you going in to read for, hey, I want to do, I mean, because you have been working forever. You know what I mean? Charles in Charge was a big, long gig. You did comedy. Yeah. Or did it? you become this, like, Baywatch bimbo now?
1: Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I, I worked with great directors, too. I had done um, George Cooker's last film, which was, you know, legendary, and uh, Michael Chapman. And I had worked with, like, all these amazing people and had really, like, built up a resume so to all of a sudden be like you know, you're on that show and it's just this one little like minute of your whole career you know what i'm saying it's just this little snippet and it just can really make or break you so you know but time time heals all
0: like you said it's gone from bimbos to whatever else you mentioned to actual icons yeah
1: so you know it's you can't i can't knock it at all
0: Did you watch the Pam Anderson documentary? I
1: did. I did. I did. What
0: did you think of that? Um,
1: You know, I feel like she's just such a sweet soul and she's just such a good lady. And I just feel bad for her and sort of the situation she's been put in and being taken advantage of. And, of course, you know, I wasn't there, you know, literally behind closed doors. So I don't know exactly all of the happenings. but. You know, you you just have to feel sorry for somebody who's so sweet and just gets taken advantage of like that.
0: Yeah, it's like welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, in a lot it's of the ways. truth.
1: It is. You have to have thick skin. I mean,
0: I think, you know, one thing that I was most shocked about is when she started talking about I always like money talk. I mean, I'll admit it, but when she started talking about cuz I think that's a misconception of this industry that people that are not really in it, you know, they think, you know, not Everybody's everyone's rich. Brad Pitt. Not everyone's <laughs> Julia Roberts. Like, there are the Julia Roberts and Leo DiCaprio's of the world. And then the rest of everyone is, like, a working actor or actress that goes to work. And- yeah.
1: I mean, I think they say there's 1% that are, you know, yeah. wealthy from it. It's funny because somebody just was writing that on, my, um, on one of my social medias because I posted about the strike. And they're like, nobody cares. You guys are all rich. And, you know, it's like... most actors have like three jobs or like you know hustling and like just trying to make and to me they don't they're not an actor for to make a living they're an actor because they love doing it and you know that yeah it's a huge misconception
0: I think so. Yeah, you know, or like, not everyone. You're not out to dinner with Julie Roberts tonight. <laughs> Maybe you are because you know, but
1: no. Y- yeah, yeah,
0: I think that's a big misconception. It
1: is. No, I'll be at home making dinner for my kids. You know, like it's, no, it's not all that.
0: I was still shocked though that you know when Pam started talking about like how little the Baywatch money was.
1: Yeah, that um, they were they were funny because I had to sign an NDA right off the bat with that show because they said it's going to be favored nations and this is the amount. And, of course, I was like, no way. I would never work for that. And um, they said, okay, well, here's what you're going to get, but then you have to sign this NDA and say, if you're ever asked, you have to say you're getting the favored nations rate So I always wondered, like, how many NDAs did they hand out? <laughs> was I the only one or was everybody, like, you know, was this all a trick? because I don't understand. So, um, yeah, it was shocking. I think there was like $2,500 an episode or something they were giving people.
0: <laughs> How did you know to say, was it Charles in charge? Just that you've already went through like, you know, a five, six year run on a yes. successful? Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. Nobody's going to do a series for 2500 not Not back then people weren't going to do a series for $2,500. Now, listen, that's still a good living Because if you think about it, it's still a good living, but you are giving up your life. You're giving up every day, all day. You're on call. You know, you are at the beach on set for hours all day. You know, it's like you give a lot of yourself. So they need to make it worthwhile.
0: Yeah. I mean.
1: And especially when that show blew up and they were making so much money, you know. The cast has sued them, the producers, twice, once for marketing and once for residuals because they were saying, no, um, there's no marketing, there's no money, we're not making any money. And then we'd go to Europe and there would be like on cereal boxes, you know, on towels, beach towels that, you know, there was ads everywhere. And you're like, wait, what? (laughs) You know, we're everywhere. Uh, So, you know, they had to they had to kind of we didn't get what we deserved, but they did have to eventually pay out a little bit
0: and it's so hard I think today to have like an international hit you know what I mean like a lot of things are big here but I mean I think that's what a lot of people don't realize like that Baywatch was international yeah
1: international I mean there was um like a tribe that ran a generator just to watch Baywatch like and they would all get together I was like this is so weird (laughs) but you know it's that escapism it's that like get away
0: do you think that's what it is that, you know, all these years later, and we'll get into the documentary that you're working on now? Like, I mean, what is it that you've, you know, you've started a lot of things, you know, you, uh, but what is it about Baywatch that, like, just holds up and it's so iconic to so many people?
1: Well, I think it was, you know, the 90s were a fun time. Pop culture was really kind of like becoming different. It was very like MTV music video vibes, fast, good music, hot hot people um, and you know you could watch it like with the volume down <laughs> you could you could watch it just for the montages um, so it was just really great to look at the beach is beautiful beautiful people on the beautiful beach I mean it's like you know it was it was just gold
0: it was gold did you see the movie with Zac Efron and
1: I did Iraq? I watched it I, I did I saw it on an airplane actually I was like I just got to watch this thing so
0: and what were your thoughts
1: um I thought it was fine. I don't think it was as big of a flop. Like I didn't think it was as terrible as they, you know, the ratings and the, the reviews they got. And I thought it was a good attempt. And you know, visually it was beautiful too. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, it didn't. It just didn't have that. That it just didn't. They didn't capture what Baywatch had. So that's the important.
0: But you thought it was better because yes, the critics panned. They it. really, really did. Panned and because
1: it cause they just didn't live up to the show. But that's a really hard. That's a really hard gig to live up to, you know, the show. Yeah. So, you know, th- th- that was a big undertaking.
0: Talk to me about your podcast.
1: So I started a podcast called Perfectly Twisted. And, um, you know, it's something I had been toying with the idea. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to sit and talk for an hour, you know. and Because sometimes I get really tired from talking. And I hate – I'm one of these actors that I don't love talking about myself all the time. So um, it's exhausting for me. And um, so I said, okay, I'm just going to give it a shot. Let's give this a try. And I love it. I you really do. do? I love it. I do. I have so much fun on it. What do
0: you love about it? I is love, it like therapy for you? Are you it is. Are you discovering and it makes me, memories?
1: Yes. It makes me think about things I haven't thought about or probably wouldn't think about. Um, I love catching up with friends, you know, because... Especially with the pandemic, it's like it's just, there's like no there's not a lot of social life. You know, it's only finally getting back to yeah. normal. But so I love catching up with people. I love hearing people's take on all these years later, take on like how they felt and what they were doing when they were this age, you know, and like their experience and how they got started. And I just love finding out about other people and their feelings and their experiences because you I don't feel it. so like crazy and you don't feel so alone. Yeah. You know,
0: is there a certain guest that you would love to have on? You guys know, I've been so honest with you about my weight loss over the past few months. Look, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. There's so many diet plans that say, do this, don't do that. And none of them have ever worked for me. That is until Noom. Noom realizes that with weight, one size does not fit all. They take into account each person's individual needs. Noom builds personal plans that takes your specific dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs into account, and then they build a plan that works for you. Noom uses a psychology-based approach. They focus on the why. They believe that losing weight starts with your brain, so they focus on why haven't you been able to lose weight. They really change the way you think about food. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com, that's N-O-O-M.com, and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Do you even realize how many people it takes to put this podcast out every day? Editors, ad salespeople, marketing, PR. I couldn't do it alone, although I like to pretend to. I found everyone that I work with now on Indeed. They're the matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And there's a reason why. Before Indeed, my hiring process was an absolute mess. It took me forever and nobody was qualified. Indeed helps you hire faster, but it also delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I don't spend hours searching and searching. That's what I love best about Indeed. Indeed matches. Matches me with qualified candidates. So listen, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Velvet. Just go to Indeed.com slash Velvet right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Um, you know, I I, I, I really would love to get Heather Locklear. Um, I worked with her on um, TJ Hooker, and so I remember her on set. I don't know if she remembers me, but I always grew up, like, idolizing her. And um, also Cheryl Ladd, because I did a movie with Cheryl Ladd when I was little, and um, she, we ended up becoming family friends, and, like, I, oh, she took me on vacation to shoot Charlie's Angels in um, in the Virgin Islands, and I just, like was so that was like the time of my life i was living my best life because i love that show that was like that was everything charlie's Angels. so i got to watch it and we were in these you know tropical islands and i was with her and her daughter and so i would love to catch up with her
0: so she okay back up now because i got a lot to say first of all so she (laughs) took because charlie's angels was an absolute brilliant so she took you you were like family friends to just to while she was working with like jocelyn smith yes kate jackson and you were just there. wow
1: yeah, cuz she had a daughter that was I think just a year younger than I and okay. we got along really well. So it was sort of like I got we we got to play and like hang out so the daughter wasn't alone and yeah, it was a blast.
0: That's iconic. I know. Little Aaron spelling action, I mean. And then so on TJ Her- so I mean people always ask me too. I mean my list changes cuz then you get someone that you want, but I have to say Heather Locklear is like so maybe, like, in my top five of people, right, Maybe top three for, like, a lot of reasons that – I mean, look, she's going through something now again, so it seems, in the media. But, you know, we don't know for sure.
1: Right. I know. And it's – that's hard. That's so hard, too. Yeah. Because people will – it could be very real or it could not be, you know. I mean, I've read stuff about myself where I'm like, really? <laughs> Because that's not (laughs) how it went down, but okay.
0: What's this like the strangest or just most inaccurate thing you've read about yourself?
1: Oh, it goes on and on, but I'll tell you a recent one. It was my 50th birthday and I was so ill. I was so ill. So I went to urgent care. And I mean, I was like sick. I was like bent over in my sweats, you know, my hair up. I'm just a mess. I'm just trying to make it. And They're taking pictures of me. And they're like, Nicole, um, ahead of her 50th birthday, out running errands. And it was like, no, I'm trying not to vomit all over myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm trying to not have horrible accidents all over myself. This is not me running errands, you know? And then they want to talk about what you're wearing. It's like, oh, my God, I'm lucky I was even dressed. You know, like, give me a break. So
0: I think I saw all those. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: Just such crap and you're like, Oh my God, it's and you know they're following you, so it's like they know exactly that you've been at urgent care, you're on your way to urgent care. Like, so stop it. But that's what they like to do.
0: Do you still get followed by paparazzi?
1: They did it the other th- another story just ran. Um, my mom had passed and um my daughter and I were moving and we had a storage unit and a garage full of like my mom's stuff to go through and they were taking pictures of us unbeknownst taking pictures of us while we were like cleaning out the garage and you know again they want to like but what was amazing about that one is I, I was like, I have to read the comments on this one because I need to know what, what pe- if anybody else agrees with me that this is crazy. And, yes, everybody was saying, like, what do you expect her to look like cleaning out a garage? You know, like, yeah. you, is she supposed to be in her bathing suit? Is she supposed to be in high heels? Like, she's fine. <laughs> she's cleaning out a garage. And what are you doing watching her clean out her garage? <laughs> you know, and how long was your creeper photographer there? So it, it gave me life because I was like, thank God. Thank God people are like. A, you know, awakening up to this crap that it's just bullshit. You know,
0: do you know that's happening? Like, no, when, no, yeah, I cause, no, I had mean, I, I don't think I would, but you're more of an expert at Sometimes it. Sometimes I will it. spot
1: it, but you know, if you live your life looking for it, you're a paranoid wreck, right? Right, and you're like at every car that has tinted windows parked outside your place. So it's, you know, you you try to be aware, but I forget and I go about my day just like everybody else. You know, yeah, it was like early morning I'm in my garage I am not thinking about paparazzi I'm like it's a it was an emotional process too right you know it was like heavy duty stuff that I had like to do it was parent. like yeah it's like you know it's it's hard it's gross
0: why is Heather why would Heather be in your like were you I mean I was a huge Melrose Place fan yeah. everything she's going through now plus like just everything like everything I mean she's, she's, I mean, she's high, just like yeah. yeah
1: she's just iconic to me she's like somebody I always was like wow she just was wow to me. So, yes.
0: Did you learn or did you have a lot of interaction with her on T.J. Hooker? Like, what a was bit, working with her life? Um,
1: a bit. She was very young. I I was obviously really, really young. Um, and a little bit. And She just was, like, the sweetest, most beautiful thing you ever saw. And the teeny, tiny thing. And just, I don't know, there's certain people, you know, that you sit there and you go, oh, wow. You yeah. know? And they just make you... Like, lose your breath a little bit. Uh,
0: listen, I get it. Like, if you get Heather Locklear on your podcast, you send her right here okay. afterwards, <laughs> and vice versa. Because okay. she's, she's, I, I, we were close here one at one point. Oh, to have her? Because she had a hallmark. I think, I forgot what the movie was. Recently, think, right? Yeah, but I think it was with Megan McCain. I might be incorrect, but I think it was. They were doing something together, and it was, like, a whole thing. And, like, it was like, we can talk mostly about the movie. I mean, slip in a little Melrose Place and some other things, of course. It just didn't happen. But it was, like, in the works. Oh, I was like, I, I know. it. I was it. like, okay, we're one step closer. <laughs> I was like, we can do... Ten minutes, five minutes, whatever she wants. I just want this to happen. Yeah. It's like is one of those things. Yeah. Where do you think – I mean, because I can't even imagine – like, you look at – like, the other day. I mean, last time I was in here, I was walking down. I don't even know where. But it was near Craig's. Okay, fine. But, like, I literally <laughs> felt like – and this was during the day. Like, it's like, what? I thought it was going to be trampled. There's a bunch of paparazzi running down, of course. Of course, it was, like, Kendall Jenner getting in the – so it's, like, I can't imagine what people – so it's interesting to hear that, like, you know, from, like, your mother's cleaning out the garage to, like, I can't imagine, like, what, like, that type of person goes through on a daily basis.
1: Right. Well, that's why they're, you know, behind gated <laughs> – yeah. gate after gate after gate, right? That's why they drive into buildings and don't get yeah. out of their car. Um, and they don't have to clean out a garage, I don't think.
0: <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't think that they would have to. But it's kind on of one of those
1: things, like – you. I had to do it because I had to go through my mom's stuff. Yeah. I had to make sure, you know, documents were shredded. I needed to, like, get all, you know, the pictures. I, I needed to, you, ha- there's some things you can only do yourself, in my opinion. And yeah. that's just, you know, I had to do it.
0: I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you said, like, I don't think I would notice, you know, unless someone's there trailing you, but I just, I don't think I would notice if someone was taking pictures no. of me.
1: And they, you know, they can, they can be quite far away and you don't even know. So it's,
0: Wow. You know. I wonder if that will ever change. You know what I mean? Or, I mean, look, there's the whole, like, let's stage photo ops and sell them, and we're both in on it. Did you ever do that?
1: Um, Not really. And
0: no shade to anyone that does that. Oh, I think yeah. Of course brilliant. not.
1: No. I mean... The most I have ever done is like go to a red carpet to be, you know, photographed because I'm just I was always like so deathly shy of everything. So red carpets were horrifying for me. Like I feel like I'm shaking and I'm like, oh, it's so weird. And um, you know, so to go and you know, be photographed like on purpose, it's it's not me, no. So that's why they catch me in the garage. <laughs> right. I, we maybe like, maybe no if I one's. do go do some of these things, I won't have those those creepers. But I think that times are changing. I don't think people want to see like you looking your worst, you know, because, you know, it's like, oh, you took 100 pictures. Probably some of them are decent. And then you get the one where like the wind's blowing and you're like, right. you know, it's just like, just stop. I don't think people really enjoy seeing that anymore. I think those days are kind of over.
0: I drink a ton of water every day to stay healthy. And if you think I drink tap water, tap water freaks me out. And do you know that according to the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in its tap water? that's why I use AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. What does that mean? It means that it removes 15 times more contaminants than the ordinary pitcher filters. They have purifiers for every type of home from installation, free countertop purifiers, that's the one I have, to higher capacity under options. They even have a Wi-Fi connected purifier. How cool is that? And they're really affordable and long lasting. AquaTrue filters last from six months to two years. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners get 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code VELVET at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use code VELVET. V-E-L-V-E-T. You do.
1: Yeah. I don't think, because especially by reading the comments, people were like, just stop. Knock it off. Leave these people alone. So it's like, I don't think people are so interested in that anymore. Those, Those days of like the National Enquirer and, you know, really ripping people apart... I over. think it's kind of over. I mean, people are tragic by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> don't think you have to make up stories anymore. You know, no. it's like people are handling that part on their own.
0: <laughs> I kind of think so. I, right, I, I I would agree with that. Yeah. What about on your podcast? Since I mean, I know you're a huge reality TV fan. Yes. Which I was thrilled to talk to you anyway because I was like, I mean, Baywatch. I mean, we have some iconic stuff here, but. Then when I heard that, I'm like, okay, we have a lot of other stuff to talk about. Then I heard on your podcast, like, you know Randall Emmett. Mm-hmm. You ran it. Like, talk to me about this.
1: So I met Randall through um, a manager of mine at the time. And um, I don't know. He just he, – <laughs> he really took to me and really, you know, like, pursued me. And I always kept it purely friend zone with him. But – um, and he was, you know, oddly, he was fine with that with me. Like, he never, he never made me uncomfortable like that. Although I know, like, to know Randall, you know, like, there's some, there's some shady stuff going on, right? Like, uh, I know him,
0: and we'll talk about that afterwards. He, but like, yeah. you have to be
1: blind um, to not see that. But he was so good to me and my daughter. Like, take us to Hawaii, and you know, put us up at the Four Seasons, and go to Vegas. And he taught me how to gamble. And um, you know gave me money to gamble, I think I won like ten grand one night just sitting for like a few minutes with him you know, and he just was so generous like that so um although we did have some weird um incidents so like he was at <laughs> and I'll tell you this um he was at my daughter's birthday party at my house and I think he had been up for a while and um you know it's a kid a little kid's birthday party my family's there. Um, People are there with kids, and he gets in the hot tub with all his clothes on. (laughs) Like, shoes and all. And I was like, you have to go. Like, you've got to get the hell out of here. So um, that was sort of the end of, like, okay, I can't do this. This is, like, crazy. My parents are looking at me like, who do you have here? What is going on? So it was was so embarrassing. I was like, get out of here. you just got to go. When you
0: say up all night, I'm assuming you are implying that he showed up Coked out.
1: I mean, it's something. Whatever he was doing, he definitely wasn't well rested and wasn't in his like, you know, sober state of mind.
0: And then, so he was at your daughter's. First of all, when did you meet him? Like, how old were you? Was this like re, was way back? Was this um, before Lala?
1: Yes, way before Lala. So um, like, were you
0: in your twenties, thirties? In my
1: thirties, um, because my youngest was probably my oldest was probably like nine or ten, and she was born in ninety eight. So it was, you know, yeah, I was in my thirties, and um,
0: and he was similar age. I yeah, think, yeah, he's not a a big sim- age yeah. difference,
1: not a big, you know. And I always wanted it to work, like in a way, you know, because the, he he does have a good heart. Like there is a good heart in there, and so it always just made me feel so bad that like all these unfortunate moves on his part, because.
0: And he, like, pursued – like, he wanted to pursue you or yes. he tried at that always. time? Yeah, wow. always.
1: But then, you know, be, he would treat us really well. Like, I remember, um, like, a heater in my home had caught on fire and, like, burned the roof. The next day there was a guy at my house, with, like, installing a brand-new heater sent by Randall. Like, just stuff like that that was, like, really thoughtful. And I was like, God, I wish. I wish I could go there. But, I mean, luckily. Now we know why it didn't happen. But – um, you know, he just was a good, he was good to us like that, and you know, kind and thoughtful, and.
0: You and know. you would say, like he would try things, and you would say no, and he would say, okay, yeah, he would. Yeah,
1: and he wouldn't really even try. I think he was a little intimidated to try, um, because he knew how I felt, and um, he still just wanted, you know, to hang out and be around. And it was funny, because he had texted me one night, it was like a Friday night, And it was a weird random, like, send me pictures. And I was like, send you pictures of what? Like, are you crazy? And I was like, oh, good night. And um, the next day, I had a birthday party at a trampoline park. And I see him. I hadn't seen him in years. And there he is. I'm like, this is so weird. And so he's like, oh, Nicole, I want you to meet uh, Lala. And it was him and Lala and the kids. And that's when I said, oh, now I know who the mystery guy is because I watched the show. I was like, who's Lala dating? Who's this merry guy Lala's dating? Who's this sugar daddy? Randall. And that's when I, I, oh, God, you know, it all made sense.
0: So you knew that Randall was Lala's sugar daddy before all the rest of us? Well,
1: yes. Before the, you know, whoever ran into them, because I don't think they were that, like, private and secret, but um, because he was very open about introducing. So I don't think they were really, I don't know how much they were hiding it. But yeah, so I knew right away. I was like, oh. Was wild
0: when he said, "Like, hey, send me pictures." Like, what? That was like years after not speaking to him. The it had night... been a
1: while. Yeah, really? it had been a while. And this
0: was like the ne- and then the next day the, you ran into him and Lala. The
1: absolute next day. Life it's is just funny, weird like
0: weird in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, and and why? Why do you want pictures from me when you have her? And um yeah, but that I, you know, I think well, that's must... his thing.
0: When he said send me pictures out of nowhere, you must have been like, "This is weird."
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, I "Send you pictures?" Like, no, I'm not. And I'm in then, bed. <laughs> right, like to hear these things that
0: apparently he was doing when he was with Lala. I mean, you were one of these people,
1: right? Except, he yeah, he asked I mean, you I... for
0: the pictures, you didn't send them. But technically, he was with Lala, and I guess married at the same time, right? And still wanting pictures from you.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, and he probably knew he wasn't getting anything from me because it had never happened before. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of girls that, you know, happily send the pictures.
0: I mean, listen, I have such a jaded view of this whole industry. I'm sure you do too. Like a realistic jaded view. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that still in their 20s right now or even older are trying to make it in this business that I'm sure even knowing what is out there, if he said send me pictures, I think they would.
1: I think he's engaged, isn't he? I I heard he's like engaged and is in a serious relationship. So th- I, I, this girl must not, um, <laughs> must not be caring very much about everything she's hearing. So I find that wild.
0: I find that wild. And so just for a minute going back, because I didn't know any of this. This is when, so what? So he shows up, he's not he has no sleep I'm just making I'm putting two and two together that he was on something and then there was children and what so he just said I feel like going into the hot tub and I guess so. Yeah, in he just
1: like got into the hot tub with fully, all, clothed. fully clothed shoes and all
0: Sat down, soaking wet.
1: Yeah, sat down in the hot tub. I was like,
0: out. Children out, are yeah. looking.
1: Sort of, you know, because the, I, I think I had the Powerpuff Girls there or something. Like, you know, I had entertainers there. So the, the kids had a lot going on. But definitely the adults are like, what in the hell is that? Like, what's going on? That was, and a friend of mine, like, ushered him out. I was like, I'll get him out. Like, get him to his car.
0: And that was when you were, that's when you. Walked away.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, this is just not something I can have around my family and my kids. Like, you know, this is not safe and it's weird, and you know, I'm not into it.
0: (laughs) Did you watch like the Randall scandal? I did, which I was in. Oh yeah, I was in. Just FYI, I love it. So between that and the L.A. Times article, do you think like because looking because like I mean that is the definition of a narcissist, like someone that your air conditioning, like you said, breaks and then shows up and like that is. Kind of what they do, right? Like, because you're saying, like, oh, he was charming. Like, maybe that was just part of the whole shtick, because, like, that's kind of what they do.
1: Yeah, I felt like a lot of it was he would do things for me in hopes to win me over. And that just, you know, for me, it was more like it wasn't about the things. It was, you know, like I knew his heart was good. And so I wanted to, like, I try, but. I don't, I don't like, you know, necessarily being bought either. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of that.
0: Aren't you happy now knowing, well, knowing that you yes. nothing happens?
1: Yes. I mean, you know, and I spoke to him um, a little bit over text when this first went down with he and Lala. And um, he said, like, give me some advice. And I was like, I don't know. I think you need to show, like, the good guy that I knew. Because I don't know where that guy is in all of this right now. You know, you need to be showing that side of you and like what happened to that side of you and I didn't have I don't have any advice I mean he fucked up <laughs> you, you you stepped in it big you know I don't
0: <laughs> so after like that Tennessee and the pictures and all that and it was like okay we're breaking up or and he he reached out to you yeah wow
1: I think he was reaching out to a lot of people feeling like maybe it was you know just to see if people were even answering him or talking to him. I don't know, because that must be pretty, like, panicky when something really bad goes down like that. I would imagine you would panic, like, who's still going to talk to me and who's not, right?
0: Yeah. Were you guys, though, in contact at that time? Or was this, like, had time gone by where he just reached out to you and said, hey?
1: um, A little bit of time had gone by, because this isn't that they weren't together that long so like when I saw them together and then when he reached out in our whole like lifetime of friendship it's not that that long but you know yeah it was a couple years
0: wow I just I find that interesting he had
1: reached out to me too when he signed on to the show so there was that he did uh, did say I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be on the show I can't believe it I was like oh that's amazing good luck I love that show and you know cut to
0: (laughs) Interesting, and I mean, when you ran into Lala and Randall, and you were watching Vanderpump Rules, and you're now like, wait a second, like, yeah, the the girl that I'm watching on the TV that has the sugar daddy that we none of us know about, you're like, oh my god, it was. Did you want to like run and tell people? Well, or... I
1: no, I did. I froze first of all when she goes, "I want you to meet Lala," and she turned around, and I was like, I just, it was one of those moments where I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like it just everything stopped for a second, and I was like, oh wow, okay, and then. Because I felt like, you know, I had some loyalty as a friend, I wasn't going to say anything or tell anybody. And, you know. Wow. Uh huh.
0: Right, because, I mean, what are the chances? I didn't have a podcast then. And what are the chances that, you know, Nicole Egger from Baywatch and Charles in Charge is actually watching Vanderpump Rules? Like, did he know that you watched the show and would know who? Because a lot of people who think, you know, wouldn't know who Lala was. Yeah, I don't know
1: if he. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he put those things together or if he just was like, oh, hey, you know, good friend, good friend. meet each other. But, um, yeah, I was watching. (laughs) And everybody's watching.
0: Everybody's watching, and when right into so when this all went down, and he just right and the whole thing, and she was dumping him and saying, and now I'm discovering all these skeletons. He reached. Were you shocked? I mean, like you must have been like, okay, this is a thing. It's in all the blogs, and it's and now he's reaching out to me for advice. That's kind of
1: well, you know, and it was in the very beginning of it, so I didn't know exactly like. It wasn't all the proof. There was right. like her gut feeling and she was leaving and they, I don't think she had quite moved out yet. I think it was like right in the beginning of that. Wow. But then I think once when she got all those like DMs and she really got all the proof she needed, I think there was no, <laughs> there was no help me. There was <laughs> no like give me advice. There was no coming back from that.
0: And what did you say to him? Just like show the good side.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I said, I don't know. Well, where's that guy? Where's like the good guy that I know?
0: Listen, my experience, because Randall's been on this podcast twice. I mean, my, oh, yeah, my that's how I got involved in the Randall scandal. They reached out to me because they're like, you've interviewed Lala many times. You've interviewed him. And I also interviewed Amber Childers, just all unrelated. His, you know, first wife, just because she was an actress. She was in You. I'd love to show You. So they were like, you know, we just – and then, you know, also I, I do commentary. This is what I do for a living. So it was just all a perfect storm of like we need you to be in this. I'm like, fine. But I really saw, you know, a great side of him in for my own personal interactions, which now it's like I don't know because, I mean, I did have a strange situation with him myself, right? Like now that you know what you know, I did have a situation where I'm like I knew he was lying to me about something – I've already talked about it on air. It's not like I'm trying to hide it. It's a whole story But I was like, "Oh, so they all just it's kind of like it made sense, but right, like I I was charmed in a way too by him. So I totally get it."
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right about the whole narcissist thing and like and guys who are maybe like abusive or, you know, in some way, they they have a very like Friendly, loving side, and then a very like you know horrible side, yeah. and so I think it's like making up for. I, I don't know. I am I'm no psychiatrist, but there's something to it.
0: Did you? So you gave him the advice. Now we see all this other stuff has come out. Like, do you have you heard from him no. anytime recent?
1: No. I mean, what what is there to say? It's like. I I was gonna say I wonder if
0: he's gonna still try to like go through his people and like still I mean like just the people in his past and like eventually you'll hear from him again
1: I don't know I mean what I did hear is that he was engaged and maybe he's just trying to you know stay in that world where he probably feels a little bit more safe I don't know
0: would you respond if he reached out to you again?
1: I know, it depends on what he was saying.
0: Wait, what? Well, okay, that's not where I thought this was going. Granted, I didn't exactly think a chat with the iconic Nicole Eggert from Baywatch and Charles in Charge and everything else was going to even remotely touch upon Mr. Randall Emmett. So I've got a whole bunch of follow-up questions, which are all going to be asked in part two of this chat. And we're going to talk more about Vanderpump Rules and Bravo, Nicole's a huge Bravo fans. So we're about to get into it. We love Nicole. So stay tuned. Thank you for tuning to get to part one. Stay tuned for part two of this chat with the one and only Miss Nicole Eggert. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope.